We acknowledge the Aboriginal people of Victoria, the First Nations, and offer respects to Elders, both past and present. Welcome to a new podcast series for carers by Kinship Carers Victoria. With the federal election inching closer and having to be held by late May next year, we spoke with Anne McLeish, Director of Kinship Carers Victoria, about the ways KCV is trying to influence politicians' thinking about kinship care. Anne, how is KCV doing this? Yes, we have been um, thinking seriously about the federal election. In fact, in August, we started the campaign with a letter to every federal MP. That's being followed up with telephone calls to some of them, particularly to those 11 of them who responded to our letter. It was very pleasing this time around that 11 politicians from across the political spectrum within a fortnight responded to our letter. I don't think that we've had that quick response um, previously. So we had five Labor MPs, one Green MP, one Independent and three Liberal MPs all phone us. Some of them asked for follow-up meetings and we've commenced those meetings with telephone calls and some face-to-face meetings. What we're finding is that, like no other year, there is now an increased understanding of kinship care across Australia, with some politicians um, well aware, because of their experience in their own local electorates, of the need for something to happen about this, and for them to be seen to be doing something in support of the people in their electorates who are kinship carers. This year, is quite different in that we're doing a lot more personal follow-up than we have in previous years. We've also decided to send a a second round of letters to politicians focusing on a bit more detail around kinship care and asking for higher levels of leadership. We're asking for all people of all political persuasions to view kinship care as an issue of national significance and to do what they can from their standpoint as a local member to make sure that Australia and Parliament as a group um, fulfils this leadership role. Can you tell us what you're saying to politicians? We're starting by reminding them that kinship care is um, approximately 70% of -of out-of-home care across the country. Some states have slightly less than that, but Victoria has the most and is close to 70% already. So this is a huge issue that has national significance across the land. And we want the federal government, whoever is in power, to start thinking about this um, as a national issue and to start thinking about kinship care in the context of families, not just in the context of -of out-of-home care. We clearly see kinship care as an extension of family care and while it straddles out-of-home care and family business, we, um, we want to have a discussion about where it sits across those two sectors. So we're talking about those sorts of trends with the politicians. Then we're talking about strategies that we might use to try and get this national discourse going. And um, a number of them have already indicated support for a national committee to look at family business across Australia with a focus on kinship care. We think that such a national committee could um, draw on the work of the Senate in 2014 when they did a Senate inquiry into grandparents raising grandchildren and use that foundation to do a lot more research so that we can in fact 
um, get a good picture about the, the profile of families. I draw to the attention of the politicians the fact that we can get quite broad data about families in a lot of other countries, but not in Australia. And yet we have two mechanisms that allow us to get that data. One is the census and one is Centrelink data. The data arising from those two strategies are very small indeed and we want to be able to unpick it a bit better. So the politicians that I've spoken to along those lines have been very receptive indeed and each of them has undertaken to speak to fellow comrade other politicians about these matters. We're also talking in more detail about kinship care as, as a whole and focusing on the inconsistencies between states in regard to payments. It's probably not ever going to be the case that we get one single national level of payment, but some of the inconsistencies are quite intolerable, with carers in Tasmania being very poorly treated by comparison with carers in other states. We're also talking to them about the need to look at child welfare as the core business of whatever we do in relation to families. And to guarantee child welfare, we're asking politicians to support the implementation of a system of child impact statements. This would involve governments doing their own review and examining what impact there any new policy has on children. So even if we came up with um, a new road system or um, new Centrelink payments, whatever the new policy drive was, we, we are asking governments to think about that and the impact on children and to make their findings public so that the public can have a view and express their view about the impact on children. Again, there is some interest in that idea. It's, it's not easy to get... Um, absolute sign-off on any of these ideas at this stage in an election process, but we are heartened by the fact that there are high levels of interest and nobody has said to us that they don't think any of these ideas are good ones. Can you tell us more about the child impact statements? The impact statements would address a range of rights and entitlements that we think all children and young people in Australia should have guaranteed. And there are, in our current draft of the child impact statements, 11 issues that we want to see them address. One is a guarantee that um, no child in Australia will be raised in poverty. Another is that a guarantee of the rights of children to spend quality time with their extended family. We do understand that sometimes children can't stay with their biological family, but if they can't be raised by their family, then we still want them to be guaranteed some quality connection to their biological family. We want them to have um, a right to affordable, high-quality health care, particularly in regard to early intervention in, in mental health matters. We want them to be safe from emotional and physical harm and to have access to a free, comprehensive quality education. Access to a free quality education is um, understood to happen by many people in Australia, but our evidence is that that's not the case. We're finding that many families report to us that they can't guarantee that for the children in their family, that the costs of it, particularly the costs of, some of access to some of the more expensive curriculum options, are so prohibitive that children can't choose the sort of curriculum options that they might want to. 
So we would want, as part of this, this investigation and these statements, a really forensic look of what's happening in education provision across the land. Then we want children to have guarantees to leisure activities. This too is being reported to us as being um, not a given for every child in Australia, with some of the poorer families saying that they can't afford, for example, for their children to participate in a range of healthy sporting activities. We need every child to be guaranteed a sense of identity and access to the records that contribute to their sense of identity. Many children in Australia are currently being born with no birth certificates issued and by the time they get the child delivered to them at about age three with no birth certificate, it's very difficult, in fact, to backtrack. So the federal government can do something about that. They can relax the requirements for registering a child and make it um, and guarantee that every child gets registered before they leave the hospital, for example. We want um, the right for children to connect with the languages and the religious beliefs of their family of origin. This is slightly controversial in that a lot of children put into foster care do not know their basic family religion and, and their basic language. So we think it's important for a child's cultural development to have access to those. And we want the right of children as they become older to participate in the decisions affecting their lives. In some states in Australia, children under 10 are not given the right to independent representation in court proceedings about them. We want this reversed. We want children under 10 who we know have views about their life to be entitled to representation in court proceedings. And we want young people to have access to fairly paid work. In recent years, we have been concerned about the exposure of the underpayment of young people, particularly in the retail sector. And federal governments have a role to monitor that and guarantee that it doesn't happen. And lastly, we're looking at ways to make sure that whole families, which include children, are treated fairly within the justice system. That is currently um, not the case with many people reporting that they receive unfair treatment because they can't afford to participate in legal system procedures and also being um, given minimal information about their rights. Now, a um, community impact statement can address all of those issues and tell us how we're going to guarantee that we deliver on those as a nation. I assume your work supporting kinship carers won't stop once the election results are known. What plans do you have to stimulate ongoing political interest beyond the election? Once we know the results of the election and who the individual members are, and most particularly who holds the key portfolios that we're interested in, we will not only write to those people to congratulate them on their new commissions, but we will try to visit each of these people. Um, it's very important to get to know an, a new government early on and to refresh their ideas and to remind them about the sorts of claims that we made and the sorts of things that kinship carers across the land would like them to think about in the future. Look out for podcast number eight, due to be published on the last Friday in November. This podcast series is made possible through funding provided by the Victorian Government's Department of Health and Human Services.